What's up, guys? And welcome back to another episode of Dream a Little, the podcast that's all about helping you feel confident about your ABDL side so that you can share it with your significant other. This week, I'm answering some concerns and questions that either you or your partner might have when you first introduce the concept of ABDL to your relationship. Whether you're a longtime listener to the show or maybe this is your first time tuning in because your partner is into this and you need some help understanding it, you're in the right place and I think you're going to learn a lot from this episode. In today's episode, I'm going to cover topics that are all real concerns from a listener's girlfriend after he opened up about ABDL. He emailed them to me seeking help because he really had no idea how to respond. So with his permission, I decided to share some of my answers here on the show in hopes that maybe it will help you. Before we dive in, it's just my assumption. I don't know this for sure, but it seems like the girl who has these concerns is kind of like textbook vanilla. It doesn't seem like she's very kink aware and it just doesn't seem like she understands why someone would be sexually attracted to something that isn't sexy in nature. And I feel like you can still make it work with someone like this, but it's definitely better if you're able to start the conversation with similar things before you dive into the more extreme parts of ABDL. That way you can get a better understanding of whether or not this is something that they will get. And today's show is sponsored by my free webinar training that teaches you how to tell your partner about ABGL even if they are vanilla. If you haven't told your partner about ABGL because you're afraid they just won't understand and you don't want to get rejected, don't miss out on this free webinar. You can reserve your seat at thelittlelounge.com slash free class. All right, I won't make you wait any longer. Let's dive into these questions. So first up, she asks, How do you find any of this world aesthetically attractive? It's so garish and plasticky and bright, (laughs) even verging on medical. So what is sexy about that? And I feel like this is a common concern that most partners might have, even if they don't verbalize it. Like I mentioned earlier, it doesn't seem like this girl is very kink aware. Otherwise, she would probably know that medical fetishes are quite common and they're kind of a, a big deal. So in order to answer this question, I needed to do a little bit of research and find out more about why people have sexual fetishes in the first place. According to Freud, sexual fetishes were perversions caused by childhood traumas, but modern research has turned away from that perspective. Psychologists believe that diversity and attraction helps promote sexual stimulation and helps keep people reproducing. So, I mean, the reason why anyone finds anything aesthetically pleasing or sexy is really a matter of taste and preference, and it also largely depends on the culture in which you were raised and born into. Not everyone in the world are attracted to the same typical type of beauty, and I think that's what makes the world so amazing. In all cultures, All over the world, you will find different definitions of beauty and definitions of sexiness. And it's one of the things that I find absolutely fascinating about traveling. If you know me, you know that me and my fiance TK love to travel. We love to experience different cultures. And one of the things that I found interesting through my research was that in Japan, crooked teeth are the most aesthetically pleasing look. In fact, some women will wear and 
will they'll buy fake crooked dentures if they feel like their teeth are too straight. In Ethiopia, body scars are considered extremely sexy. Women from a young age will intentionally give themselves scars on their torso and on their chest in complicated design patterns, and they do this to sexually attract a mate or a husband. So I thought that was really interesting because, you know, obviously in cultures like in the U.S., people will go to great lengths to get their scars removed, and here you have the opposite happening in Ethiopia. In the Mercy tribe, stretched lips are really sexy so what they do is women start with a small piercing and slowly they expand the piercing with clay pots until they're literally the size of like the piercings are the size of soup bowls just like you know some people have plugs in their ears in america it's basically like the your lip is has a giant plug in it and to to some people these massively stretched out lips are really not considered sexy by any means but in that culture it is a very sexy look in some parts of africa being obese is really sexy from a young age children are force-fed to the point where some girls hit the age of eight and they weigh up to 300 pounds in their culture the bigger the woman the sexier she looks in Iran, surgery bandages are considered really beautiful. So even if a woman has not had a nose job, she will sometimes wear the bandage proudly on her nose to make it look like she has had the surgery performed, and that's considered sexy. So my point here is that beauty and sexuality doesn't have to fit into this little box that society tells us it has to. While some people will look at someone in a diaper and not find that it's aesthetically pleasing at all to some ABDLs. They find it very cute, adorable, humiliating, and sometimes even sexy. And I can't speak for everyone, but for me, it's not so much the look of it or the aesthetic of the object, but what the object symbolizes itself. The helplessness, the dependency, the vulnerability is huge, and a time when you're free of your responsibilities. So, there are also physical feelings that come from wearing as well. It's basically, you know, a thick piece of underwear that can feel really nice against your skin and really comforting. Let's take a step back and let's move on to the next question. The second question from this listener's girlfriend is, how do you legitimize the sexualization of infancy when infancy is such a pure, innocent, by definition, completely sexless thing? Even if it's not about kids themselves, how do you justify connecting childhood and sex in any way. And this, my friends, is one of the reasons why most people do not open up in the first place. This question right here, it scares a lot of people because people are quick to jump to assumptions about certain things. So first of all, it's important to make this distinction that it's not always a sexual thing for everyone in the community. For some, it legitimately is a non-sexual, purely innocent, completely sexless thing, and they use it as a way to relax and unwind. But for some people like myself, it can be very sexual, it can be very erotic. So let's be clear, AVDLs do not support connecting childhood and sex. Children and childhood should be pure and innocent. We totally believe that. And here's the thing. It's impossible for ABDLs to become children. Not that we would want to anyway. What ABDLs do 
is we try our best to relive and recreate the sensations that we had in childhood in ourselves as adults, kind of like nurturing our inner child as a way to relax and unwind at the end of the day. It's kind of difficult to explain how you can be attracted to a completely non-sexual object or body part or idea, but it actually is a completely normal part of human sexuality. I've read about people being sexually attracted to buildings, bridges, noses, shoes, feet, balloons. I mean, just name any inanimate sexless object and I guarantee there's someone who has sexualized it. There's really no rhyme or reason for why people sexualize these things, but I guess my question for you is, does it really matter as long as you're not hurting anyone? One of the most common fetishes for women is actually the the rape fantasy, but it's rarely talked about. So how do we justify connecting rape and sexual pleasure? And I guess I would just say it's because it's a fantasy. It's a rape fantasy. You know, the women fantasizing about being raped would never actually want to be raped, nor do they believe it's sexy when someone else gets raped. Just as those who role play with ABGL would never want to become an actual baby or like hurt a baby. So it's just a fantasy that we would like to experience with someone we deeply trust in a controlled, consensual, private environment with the right person for us. So that was a little sneak peek into some of the common concerns people who are new to ABGL might have. I hope you found this episode helpful, whether you're dating an ABGL or you are one yourself. If you have a question or concern you'd like answered here on the show, please feel free to fill out the contact form on my website. You can find it at thelittlelounge.com slash 114. And I will link to that in the show notes so you can just send me your questions and ask away. I'll see you there.